This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we build professional development systems to help engineers and their firms grow. You can now download our recently published AE Industry Trends Report, which contains answers to the following questions. How long will the great resignation last? Are firms still allowing remote work and how is it affecting their productivity? How are successful firms using data to create people-centric cultures? You can find answers to these questions and more in our latest report, which you can download at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Welcome to this episode of the Civil Engineering Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping civil engineering professionals succeed in work and life. How do you take control of your civil engineering career? What skill sets do you really need to succeed? I'm your host, Anthony Fasano, and in this episode of the Civil Engineering Podcast, I will be talking with Ryan Walter, licensed professional engineer, civil engineer, and life coach. He's also the author of the book, The You Project, Your Personal Guide to Self-Mastery at Work. And in this episode, Ryan's going to kind of walk through some of the strategies in his book that can really help you to take control of your career. And I really love the message in the conversation that I had with Ryan, because if you think about it, if you're a civil engineer and you've worked in industry for 20 plus years, plus in Ryan's case, he's had some executive coaching training, you're going to have nuggets of wisdom that you're going to be able to share with other civil engineers to help them be successful. And to take on the task of Putting all that information into a book like Ryan did, I think is valuable for the community. I wanted to speak with him. I wanted to go through some of the strategies with him on this episode. And I really think that you are going to enjoy them. I'm really hope that you can just walk through some of them in your career. Before we go on here, a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, Simpson Strong Tie. Simpson Strong Tie is a building industry pioneer dedicated to helping people design and build safer, stronger homes, structures, and communities. Simpson Strong Tie is making a positive difference for their customers through expert engineering, world-class test laboratories, and unrivaled technical support. We invite you to consider working alongside the many talented, passionate, and humble people who are all contributing to our shared mission in an environment that supports a healthy work-life balance. It's a place where you can connect, create, and build a career. Visit strongtie.com forward slash careers to learn about our culture and why Simpson Strongtie employees are our most loyal customers. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. Now I'd like to welcome our guest on for today, Ryan Walter. Ryan, welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Thanks for having me, Anthony. Happy to be here. So Ryan... Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, your civil engineering background, and also you know, why you ultimately decided to write your new book, The U Project. I am a civil engineer. I've been a civil engineer for 22 years. I work in private site development in that sector. The company I work for now is Wolpert. In addition to being a civil engineer, I'm also a certified life coach for seven years. And so I also practice as a life coach uh, part-time. That's awesome. And I know that you did your life coaching study at IPAC. We both went to IPAC. I went there as well. It's a great uh, coaching program for any of you out there that are interested maybe in the executive coaching. And I actually hear more and more 
engineers that have been interested in kind of the coaching skills, which I do think are very beneficial in the world of engineering, which is just a, a world of complex projects with a lot of different people and problems that you deal with and that you face on a regular basis. Did write a book. The book is called The You Project, Your Personal Guide to Self-Mastery at Work. Tell us why you decided to write this book. So I wanted to write the book to provide a resource to working professionals on how to handle the human aspects of the job. So, you know, when we come out of school, we get our degree, we're thrown into the workplace. We're never really taught how to be an employee and how to respond to conflicts and things that come up in the real world. And so what I wanted to do is write a book based on everything I've learned in 22 years of engineering. That's not the technical side. It's the stuff that I learned through the experience. You know, as we come out of school, we start our jobs, you know, we're inundated with projects. We go from project to project to project. But I believe the biggest project we can really work on is ourself and how we respond to the challenges in work. And that's what the book is all about. The new project is about working on yourself as you're navigating your own career. What's interesting is it took me a year to write the book. I started in 2022. Beginning of 2022, I didn't see a book in my future. I just started writing articles on LinkedIn. I published articles just on different relevant topics to challenges in the industry. I talked about staying connected at your job, how to be assertive at your job. Work-life balance is huge. And when I got to about 20 articles, I realized I kind of have to do something with this. And so I was able to repurpose them into the U project. Yeah. And Ryan's very active on LinkedIn, puts out a lot of good stuff. You can check him out there. And I think really what Ryan said is really important in that from an engineering career perspective, especially as civil engineers, people talk a lot about the importance of technical skills, which we know are paramount. I mean, we need to be technically sound in what we do on a daily basis. But what's often overlooked is the importance of the people skills, your ability to build yourself up and develop yourself, develop your confidence. I mean, that's really the sole reason that I started EMI was because I just felt that there was a lack of that kind of support out there for technical professionals, specifically engineering professionals. And I think the more engineering professionals that we get focusing on this and talking about this is going to make it shed more light on it for firms out there that are need to understand that they have to support engineers in these skill sets which are just not natural and they're not learned and they're not taught in, in school. So your book covers you know, many of these human challenges, if you will, that are relevant to engineers in, in the working environment today. And the first part is about embracing you. Can you talk a little bit about that? The first part is really it's about showing up as yourself. I talk a lot about being your authentic self at work and the benefits to being and showing up authentically. One of the benefits is if you're able to show up authentically, you're going to reinforce a sense of certainty in yourself that's going to help you be more resourceful and more creative at your job versus having to feel like you have to fit into a prescribed mold, so to speak. I talk a lot about understanding your value and really questioning where your value is coming from. You know, So much of us tie our value to our job titles or a company's perception of us. But what happens when you lose your job? You know, so really approaching it from that angle and recognizing it's the creator of that output that's important. It's you. And you sometimes you may have to make a shift to understand that, okay, maybe I need to reframe things. I talk about leadership and my perspective on leadership. I started with the story of how I went to a global leadership summit and I got in front of many leaders at my church and my perception of leadership changed from really leading is just influencing. 
you can influence someone, then you can lead. You can influence people by the way you show up, the way you honor your commitments, and also having an ownership mindset, right? So not just doing your work, but taking ownership of it. So those are some of the topics that I discuss in, the, in that chapter. One of the topics in that chapter that I thought was really important is the idea that by showing up and being authentic, you're influencing your team members to do the same, right? Because I think that what I've learned in my career in terms of leadership is as a leader, you have a lot of influence on the people around you, whether you realize that or not, right? Like in the words you use and the actions that you, whatever actions you take, people are watching you, they're following your lead, if you will. And so that's a big part of it. Like showing up, being confident in yourself, that's hopefully going to rub off on people. Because I do think that for engineers and technical professionals, that's where I see a big challenge is we can teach them skill sets like we're talking about, but they still need the confidence in themselves to be able to show up and, and use those skills. Right. So allowing people the freedom to, sh- to show up as themselves is going to put them in a much better position and you can show up as yourself, embrace your own personality. So another thing that you talk about in the book, Ryan, is overcoming relationship challenges. Yes. Maybe you could talk about why this is important for engineers and what steps that they can take to function well with any type of manager, because you're going to run into different managers throughout your career. And that's kind of how I opened up that part of the book is, you know, we're working for 40 plus years. We're going to work for different companies. We're going to be in front of different personalities, different types of managers, we have to know how to work with them. In the book, I cover four specific types of managers that I've encountered in my career, four of the maybe the more challenging types of managers. But the way I kind of frame the book is to work with your manager, it helps to understand what their primary human need is. So I talk a lot about human needs and how all people have the same fundamental human needs. If you can understand what your manager's primary human need is, what is their reason for working? What motivates them? You can better understand them and put yourself in a better position to work successfully with them. So a little bit different angle on, on that, but that's kind of me tying some of my coaching background into the book. I like that. I think it's important to be able to equip yourself with tools to deal with different types of people, different types of work styles and personalities. We do a lot of project management and, and leadership training at EMI and we do try to roll that into the training and, you know, having whether it's a type of assessment that your company uses or whatever the case may be, it's nice to be able to get a read on people and understand is somebody more analytical or more data driven, is somebody more expressive, you know, or whatever the case may be. And this way, when you deal with from managers or consultants on other projects, you have that ability to kind of say, all right, if this person's very, you know, analytical, I probably need to provide them with some more data as opposed to, you know, big picture concepts and ideas. So I do think that essentially in your career, you have a toolbox and you need to put as many tools as you can in that toolbox to help you deal and navigate with these different types of situations, which is really important. And I think that kind of dovetails nice into the next part of the book, which I really liked a lot about reframing your lens, especially in today's world. I think that's an important one. Maybe you could talk about that a little bit. Right. So reframing your lens. So as we know in engineering, there's no perfect project. I've never seen a perfect project. In fact, most projects tend to go south, it seems like, once you get past the kickoff meeting, right, the first issue arises. And what I found that if you're always looking for the good in something, you're going to find it, even when things don't seem right. And that's what reframing the lens is. It's looking for 
where's the gift in this? There's always, I believe the universe, God is always trying to teach us something. And if we can look for it, we're going to find it. And then it's also going to put us in a more resourceful state when problems do show up on our projects and how we handle them and how we respond to those challenges. I talk a lot about manning your thoughts, really just being standing guard to the door to your mind. And there's a lot of things you can't control, but you can control your thoughts. And it's those thoughts that ultimately create feelings and whatever feelings you create will determine what type and the quantity and the type of action that you take. So managing your thoughts and also talk about monitoring your self-talk. You know, our words have power. And when we're talking negatively, when things come up, I believe that our words actually become our experience. So really being careful about what's coming out of your mouth. That chapter, I also touch on self-evaluations. I talk about having a lessons learned approach to yourself after the project. A lot of projects, you have a lessons learned meeting afterward. Well, apply that same thing to yourself. You know, ask yourself some questions at the end of the project. How did I show up at the beginning of the project? How did I respond to challenges? And then what could I have done or thought differently? Maybe make some adjustments that will help you the next time. So those are some of the bullet points of reframing your lens. And again, I think it goes back to influence because if you're taking a more opportunistic approach to your projects and clients and you're voicing that, it's also going to rub off on the people around you. And if something goes quote unquote, bad on a project or wrong on a project, and you're able to look at that problem and say, hey, where's the opportunity here? And you're able to voice that and hold that mindset up with your team members. And you know, you're just basically cultivating that mindset throughout the team. But again, of course, if you do the opposite, then you're also spreading that negative kind of mindset amongst the team. And as a coach, you know about energy too. So right, the energy you're putting out, people are going to receive that. And so what energy am I putting out Throughout the course of the project. You know, I have three kids and I see the same thing that happens with families. The parents are meant to be the leaders and things that they say and the energy that they exhibit rubs off on the kids. And so I think it's the same thing. I mean, really throughout an engineering career in one's life, I think a lot of these lessons will apply in both, which I think is the value. That's something that we tend to overlook a lot. Like I think a lot of these career lessons are really life lessons and they're going to show up in both areas of your life and you just need to learn how to like kind of leverage them and use them in those different areas. I've seen the same thing happen like in sports a lot. Teams and coaches is the same as engineering leaders in their teams. So I think there's lots of parallels. You kind of can keep your eyes open for them and, and like a lot of the stuff that Ryan's talked about applies probably in different walks of life. Yes. All right. So another part of your book is called Conquering Overwhelm, which I think is an important one because I think a lot of professionals battle with this at some point in their career, but especially as of late, the last few years, everything going on, COVID, people working from home, people's kids are home with them. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Talk a little bit about that and some recommendations you have dealing with overwhelm. The last few years, there's been more work than we know what to do with in engineering, civil engineering, right? There's a shortage of staff. There's more work than, than hands to do it. And it can be challenging, right? And when you're in this season of what I call the season, the flood season, where it's an overflow of work, and you can't keep your head above water. What are some practical things you can do so you don't drown? So some tips that I talk about in the book, one of them is just really questioning what you're working on. It's so easy to get caught up in urgent tasks, right? Everything is urgent. I talk about Stephen Covey's uh, time management matrix in the book and assessing it, whether it's urgent, important, or both, right? So really we should be spending time in the important 
quadrant, if it's urgent and important, then yes, we should be working on it. But really being cognizant of the urgency. I talk about, you know, when you're in a position, you're not always asked to give a deadline. So not offering up self-imposed deadlines when you can. So give yourself the flexibility to push things out. Sometimes you can't, right? You have a deadline you have to hit, but why put an additional deadline on yourself? I talk about developing a project ranking list. A lot of the times your manager won't tell you one thing is more important than the other. Well, have your own list. This is my understanding of what the hierarchy is. Present that to your manager in an email. If he ignores it, he ignores it, but at least you know, you're showing some assertiveness. You're being proactive. This is my understanding of importance based on the project or the client, the turnaround time. And have an absolute must list. When things get really out of control, when you're in that slugfest, you can't keep your head above water, have an absolute must list. What are the one or two things I absolutely have to get done today before I leave? Because once you log in, you know, things are going to go south. So some tips like that, that one was actually pulled from the Rocky article. I know you commented on, on LinkedIn, but also have make time for yourself, you know, learn to set, set a personal appointments with yourself and treat them with the same respect as you would an appointment with a client. Honor your commitments. And finally, I wrap it up by just saying, you know, it's okay to ask for help when you're stuck. You can't go it alone. It's okay to ask for help outside of work. If it's a family member, you don't have a family member, you know, maybe it's an employee assistance program. Maybe it's a small group at your church, but never try and go it alone when you're in over your head like that. One of the biggest challenges of engineering professionals is prioritization of tasks and of things to do. I do like the urgent important matrix. I think it can be helpful. There's another chart that I like to use, which is the called the 80-20 chart, but it, it focuses on effort versus impact, which is from Richard Koch's book, Living the 80-20 Way, which is a great book. We teach that in our productivity sessions. And basically it's one axis is the effort of a task and one axis is important or impact that's driven. So if you have a task that's going to require a lot of effort and drive little impact, that's probably not something that you want to prioritize high. But if you have tasks on the flip side that are low effort and high impact or even high effort potentially and high impact, that's where you want to focus first, you know, early in the mornings, early in the week, right? And that's been extremely helpful. And I think that a lot of times as engineering professionals, we tend to just want to get a lot of things done but we're not always thinking of that effort versus impact relationship. So if we're getting a lot of low impact tasks done, we might feel productive because we're checking a lot of things off our list, but we may not be driving a lot of impact because we did 10 low impact things instead of doing one high impact thing. Right. And that's why I think we have to constantly ask the question, why am I working on this now? That's an important question. Why am I working on this now? Yeah. Why am I doing this? What's it going to yield? So I definitely think that it's something you can think about in your day-to-day activities or your weekly planning activities. We can also throw the link to, we have a video on YouTube where I kind of go through the chart too and just do some prioritizing. We can definitely share that as well because I do think that that is a big challenge. So the last part of your book is called Remaining Hopeful. And talk a little bit about that and how that relates to an engineer's career. We've been in a flood season the last couple of years. Well, it's a season because it changes, right? We're not always going to be in a flood season. The season will change. Eventually things will slow down. We might even be at the start of one now. And when the work dries up, that's kind of how I start the chapter is, well, how does that change things, right? So when you don't have enough work to do, it's a much different experience, but it's easy to lose hope. So I offer some different tips to the reader on how to get through that season without being forgotten. Last thing you want to do is be forgotten. 
when there's a work slowdown. So I talk about being visible, being transparent, you know, checking in with your manager. There's challenges with remote work today. People are losing hope working remotely because it's hard to stay connected to a team. So I talk about different ways you could stay connected, you know, the advantages of Teams calls versus emails. Take advantage of the video calls. Stay connected in that way. Check in with people. Bounce an idea off someone if you don't even necessarily need to talk to them. So those are some of the relevant challenges. But also part of being remaining hopeful is really knowing your destination and knowing where you're going. You get a better handle on where you're going in your career. It's going to help you manage your thoughts more around staying connected, staying present. We work with a lot of civil engineering firms here on like learning and development programs and things of that nature. And I can say that a lot of the firms that are successful or most prepared are those that took advantage of those downtimes, which hasn't been for a while, but when there are downtimes, they're planning learning and development programs, they're planning strategies, they're doing different things so that they take that time to put those things in place. And then when they get busy, those things are already working for them and then they can handle kind of the workload. I think the same thing can be done individually, right? Like when you have downtime, when something slows up, take some time to sharpen some skills, read a book, take a course, take a trip, do stuff like that. Keep yourself sharp so that when you get back into the busy season again, you know, you can kind of just hit the ground running. But that's on the employee. That's for you to figure out because someone may never tell you to do those things. You have to figure it out for yourself. The title of my book is Engineer Your Own Success. So I think that's the name of the game in your career. I mean, listen, it's great if your company's supportive and they can provide you with stuff, but it's ultimately up to you to build your own skills and figure out what you need and build them and be proactive, You know, not reactive, not waiting for things. I think that's important. So Ryan, before we jump into our next segment to wrap up on our career hot seat. Any last kind of parting pieces of advice from your book or your experience writing the book that you want to share with kind of fellow civil engineers out there? The main point is, you know, recognize that you're in the driver's seat of your career. You're right. It's not your company. And you get to define what success is. It may not be the traditional success that we think of in the way of a promotion or a pay raise or a, a new job title, but maybe it's something more meaningful. And maybe it's finding a way to be a better version of yourself through a conflict. So recognize that challenges are there, but they're there to serve you. And there's always a gift there. That would be kind of my leading point for the audience. Really thinking about what success means to you so that you can figure out how you can obtain it, essentially. Right. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll finish up with Ryan on the uh, civil engineering career. Hot seat. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. All right, we are back with Ryan Walters, civil engineer and author of the book, The You Project, Your Personal Guide to Self-Mastery at Work. Ryan's been talking a lot about building up your skill sets, understanding what you need to succeed, and, and really taking it upon yourself to grow. All right, Ryan, to wrap us up, we'd like to put our guests on what we call the civil engineering hot seat. You ready to go? I'm ready. All right. First question. Do you have any specific rituals that you practice every day? For example, a morning routine or a lunchtime routine or just something that you do consistently on a daily basis that has contributed to your success? I would say my morning ritual is I always start my day with prayer. I'll spend 15 to 20 minutes in prayer, connecting with God, allowing myself to get more grounded. Puts me in a more centered state before I leave the door in the morning. And I found that so much more effective than just kind of going straight to your phone and letting the day just take its course. So prayer would be my ritual. 
personally, I do some meditation as well in the morning. I think we're in a world that we live in where there's a lot of screens and a lot of technology. And if we can get yourself, like you said, grounded in the morning, first thing, I find it to be really helpful to clear your head before you jump into the day. So that's great. Besides your own book, which we've obviously mentioned and and we're going to link to as well, is there a book that you might recommend that you've read in the past that had an impact on your career, like a heavy impact, and you remember the book that you might recommend? And I realize we probably all read a lot of books, but sometimes there are a couple that stand out. You know, I'm a big fan of, of Tony Robbins. I've read many of his books. It's more than just career. It's mostly personal development. One of them I have right here, it's uh, Unlimited Power, which I'm a big fan of. I don't know if you've read that one, Anthony, but oh yeah, you know he talks a lot about the ultimate success formula and, and the different steps to achieving that, which I'm a big believer in. I've also read, you know, like I said, other books. I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Awaken the Giant Within. That's a 500 pager, but <laughs> no, I love Tony Robbins. I've gone to see him. I've done the Fire Walk, which was really intense, and. Um, he was kind of an introduction to coaching for me. Tony Robbins aligns very well to what we've talked about in this episode so far, which is take it upon yourself to grow, right? I mean, like you got to awaken the giant within, you know, you have this unlimited power, you got to use it. And I do like Tony Robbins because I feel like there's no excuses, right? Yes, exactly. Like you said earlier, you got to be you and do your thing. Yep. If, if work's hard, you just have to work harder, right? You have to work on yourself harder. You have to put yourself in a position to be the best right? There are no excuses. All right. So next one, Ryan, thinking back on your managers of the past, and you don't have to name names specifically, but if you think about your favorite manager or managers over the years, what made that person or those people your favorite? We're just trying to capture here some of the characteristics of great managers in the civil engineering world. That's a great question. I've certainly had many, many managers over my career. One of them that stands out is what I liked about him was he was very transparent, wore his heart on his sleeve. He's very open. As I mentioned in the book, you know, there's four different types of managers. He fit kind of into that visionary manager type of bucket, but he had great vision and great perspective. And he brought me into his inner circle, felt like we were truly a team. And being a visionary manager, I was able to kind of complement too by being able to kind of get in the weeds and, and figure things out. But just his transparency is one thing that stood out and was really, really an attractive quality, I thought. Yeah, I think transparency is important. Kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier a little bit. People look up to you and I think when you let them in a little bit, explain to them what you're thinking and look for some of their feedback, they really build up that trust with them. And people tend to remember that, obviously, just like you did. So that's great. Our last question that we have for you, we call it our civil engineering career elevator advice question. If you got into an elevator with a civil engineering professional, let's say they're younger in their career, you had 30 to 40 seconds with him or her to give some type of career advice in that short amount of time. What would you tell that civil engineer? You know, as a coach, I, I want to know, I want to make sure the person knows where they're going in their career. It's so easy to take a job and just go through the motions with it. Next thing you know, year after year after year after year, you're still doing the same type of work. But I would want to ask them, what are they looking for in their career? Where do they ultimately want to be? And make sure that they're managing their own career. and What excites them? The way they respond will tell me a lot about that. Even in the book, I mentioned a kind of a funny quote, beginning of each chapter, I have a quote. And one of them was a quote from Yogi Berra. If you don't know where you're going, you might end up someplace else. It's like... Wow, it's kind of true, right? If you don't know where we're going, 
And it's true. That's the importance of goals, goal setting, you know, like you said earlier, figuring out your success definition. I've actually used that same quote talking to some companies about like building some career roadmaps for their employees, right? If they don't know where they're going, they might end up in another company. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I really like that a lot. And I think it's really good advice. And like you said, I think this has kind of been a theme throughout the episode is taking stock of yourself. You know, like, where am I at in my career? What do I need to succeed? How am I going to get it? That's a good message because it doesn't matter where you work. doesn't matter how big the company is. It doesn't matter how old you are. You can always ask yourself those questions. Like, where am I at in my career right now? Where do I want to go? And what do I need to bridge that gap, right? Right. And one thing's for certain, if you're not managing your career, someone's going to manage it for you. So why not take ownership now? Be proactive, not reactive. And that goes for your day-to-day engineering project work as well. Reach out to your clients and check in with them. Don't wait for them to call you and say something's wrong on my project. It's the same thing. It's the same idea, right? Right. That that's really the way to go. So Ryan, listen, you gave us a lot of time today. We appreciate it. Again, the book is The You Project, Your Personal Guide to Self-Mastery at Work. I believe you can get it on Amazon, correct, Ryan? Yep. Amazon, You Project or my name, it'll show up. Definitely connect with Ryan. That's Ryan Walter on LinkedIn. He puts out a lot of great stuff. He writes articles and it's very relevant to engineering professionals. And he is a civil engineer, obviously, by background. So he can really resonates and will understand kind of where you're coming from. So Ryan, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on the Civil Engineering Podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity, Anthony. Great to be here. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Ryan Walter. I do commend Ryan for taking the time to write a book. I mean, we all have a lot of valuable career experiences that if we shared them with others could make a big change for them in their careers. And I always commend someone that takes the time to put it together in any way, articles, podcasts, videos, a book, share your knowledge with others. It could be very rewarding. Please remember you can find the show notes for this episode at civilengineeringpodcast.com. There you will find a summary of key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during the episode. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your civil engineering career endeavors. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to download the latest version of our AE Industry Trends Report to get answers to the questions that you want to ask your staff, but you may be afraid to do so. How long will the great resignation last? How long should you allow employees to work remotely? And how are successful firms using data to grow sustainably for the long term? You can learn the answers to these questions and more by downloading the report at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org.